Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. At the end, she's like, you flip over, get on all fours. And I'm thinking, what are you, are you like upselling me something? Like, what? Yeah. why would I get on all fours? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had no clue that that was what you do. And I'm like, well, is this included? Because of course I'm cheap as hell. Men, please do not put a triangle above your penis. Like, I don't want to see a vagina landing strip above a dick. I'd been having sex since I was 14, never had an orgasm. I was like, maybe my body's broken. I remember seeing the woman's vagina and one of the guys was like, oh, she has roast beef lips. And then it's like, oh my gosh, do I have roast beef lips? How do I know if I have roast beef lips? Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, this is our last guest of the year. Can you believe it? And maybe we save the best for last because I think this conversation is going to be super, super fun. My guest today is Karen Freeland, and she is a recovered corporate workaholic, much like myself. After years in a high-pressure leadership role at a Fortune 500 company, she traded the boardroom for the bedroom. She's written a tell-all book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. She recounts the mishaps and misadventures she's had over the past 40 years with a special partner in crime, her vagina named V. Women of all ages can relate to this raw and honest journey of first long-term relationships and finding pleasure. Karen's also a speaker and a certified life reinvention coach focused on helping women transform their lives and achieve their dreams through her signature EDIT, Edit Your Life, program. She offers one-on-one coaching and gives women all the tools and techniques needed to conquer fears and find their purpose. Welcome, Karen, to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Nothing I love talking about more than vaginas and sex and all that fun stuff. (laughs) You are in the right place, sister, because that's all the podcast is about. So first of all, let's start with just what motivated you to write your book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, and how would you describe it? Yeah, for sure. So I was just really motivated by spending most of my life feeling completely alone, like my body was the only body that was weird or dysfunctional. And I thought, gosh, if I could just help one woman feel normal and learn to love and accept her body... Like, oh, this is a no-brainer. I have to share these stories. So it's really a look at all the mishaps and misadventures that I've had with my vagina over the past uh, 40-ish years, right? It starts around age five, where I even discover that I have this body part. And I'm like, what is this thing? And then coming all the way through like almost 40, trying to have an orgasm and like, how do I get my body to just relax enough to function and do what it's meant to do? I mean, it was born to do these things. And yet here I was struggling and struggling. Yes. Well, okay. So I have a fun little thing that we're going to do because I just thought this would be great. I pulled some key terms probably off your website and I thought there's going to be a story behind each one of these. So I want to throw them out there and let's just discuss, shall we? The first one I want to start with is pubic hair. Mmm. And also, I think Brazilian wax. I put Brazilian wax in parentheses next to that. Yes. Well, I think there's a really funny story. It's, I want to say chapter three or four. It's called Bushwhacked. And it's this scene that I'm sure many of us can relate to when we were in elementary school or junior high. And we're starting to go through puberty. And we're doing a little game of truth or dare. And one of my girlfriends was like, I dare you to show us your bush. Now, they all assumed I had nothing going on, and I was a little bit of a late bloomer, but oh my my gosh. Oh, like sixth grade. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I don't know what was, gosh, that would have been like 12, 11, 12. 
When did we get pubic hair? God, did I have pubic hair in sixth grade? I was a late bloomer too. I didn't start my period till like 13. I probably didn't have any. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the other girls were starting to like wear deodorant and shave in like fourth grade. And I was still walking around with like gorilla legs at like sixth grade. And finally, like a boy made fun of me. And I was like, I have to shave mom. Like teach me. What am I supposed to do? So yeah. So of course I like drop trow and there's like this just like amazing bush that, you know, a small child could get lost in. It was just like uh-huh. ridiculous and unruly. And then, you know, what kind of became the bane of my existence, like growing up, like it was always sticking out of bathing suits or like getting in the way. And I'm just like, why do we even have this thing? It sucks. It's annoying. Look, I get it. It's natural and all that, but it just always... I always hated it. I had this like love-hate relationship, as you see from the book, like with my vagina and the parts of my vagina for most of my life. So finally, my friend talks me into getting a bikini wax when I'm living in Miami. And that's now, how all the rage. You? Okay, so you're now fast forward to living in Miami. How Yeah, you're, like how? in my 20s. Okay. And okay. I've never done something like that before. And I'm like, do I really need that? Like, I'm cool. I'll just shave. I'm not sure. And so I have this like hilarious story where I go into the the waxer place, right? And they're slathering it on, you know, and you're like, well, what do I do? Like, was I supposed to take my shoes off? Do I leave my socks on? Like, you know, it's like this totally awkward moment where you're about to show them your body. And we get done. Of course, it's painful as hell, right? So for anyone that hasn't done it, it's like yeah. I'm sitting there the whole time. Well, why did I put myself through this? At the end, she's like, you flip over, get on all fours. And I'm thinking, what are you, are you like upselling me something? Like, what? Yeah. why would I get on all fours? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had no clue that that was what you do. And I'm like, well, is this included? Because of course I'm cheap as hell. I'm like waiting tables in Miami, trying to follow my dreams to be an actress. And she's like, it's included and you should do it. And I just remember being so mortified, like, kill me now. <laughs> this is yeah. not my life. Yeah. But then, you know, you start talking to other people and it's totally normal. And a lot of people get their ass waxed and it's like, oh, all right, this isn't really that big of a deal. But it's one yeah. of those things that in that moment, you just feel like, am I the only one? This is so embarrassing. Well, and it doesn't make sense, right? You have this nice waxed vagina and then you have this hairy bum hole. Like, right. What, <laughs> what happened here? There's a disconnect. That's what I always think is funny. You know, it's like, I notice the way guys do their grooming. And lately I've been seeing this trend, which I'm trying to rail against. I'm like, men, please do not put a triangle above your penis. Like, I don't want to see a vagina landing strip above a dick. It doesn't, no. this is a turn off to me. Like, don't do That's that. That's a thing. <laughs> oh, see, I'm out of the loop because I've been married for so long. So oh, I've just seen girl, the same. It is, it's somebody's making it a comeback. I don't know where it's coming from, but it needs to be stopped immediately. Yeah, I agree. So. I'm happy to hop on that PSA and join that campaign. <laughs> Karen and I are leading the charge on this. She's behind me on that one. Yeah. I got um, two boys. Yeah. We got to protect them from that. <laughs> Please make sure this doesn't, this just doesn't continue and catch on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The next one, lost virginity. Oh. Yeah, doesn't everybody have like a crazy virginity story? I mean, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who was like, it was amazing. It was so magical. Everything went right. It's never good. Like who wants to do, it's amazing we get talked into doing it again. It took my boyfriend yeah. three months to talk me into it after the first time because I was like, oh, that's it? Okay, I'm done with that. I mean, what do I need to do that again for? Right. Check. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I'm so glad you're saying this because I really had similar sentiments when it was over. Like I really didn't understand what the big deal was. I was like, okay, like I don't get it. Why? What's all the rage or why shouldn't I be doing this? Like I just didn't have that like deep emotional connection that I think I'd always had thought I would have. You know, I really picture. It wasn't romantic. It wasn't magical. It wasn't like you know, like you see in the movies, no, no eye gazing. It was just like, no, I was very confused. No I'm like, where's the bare skin rug? Like no I thought perfect. we're supposed to be in front of like a fireplace. <laughs> Cause that's what there I always no saw love. in the soap operas. We're oh no. And we're using a condom and we're trying to shove a condomed penis into an unlubricated vagina. Oh yeah. Just, this is not yes. going to go well. 
No, not at all. So in the book, I recount this like story where I am at this party. It's a pool party. This boy that I have a total crush on eyes me and I'm like, me of all people. Like there's so many older girls here and cuter girls who I think are prettier. I'm like, oh, what does he want with me? I'm like, okay. Like follow him like a little puppy dog up to his bedroom he offers me a cigarette. What a gentleman, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, but back then, you know, when you're 14, you're like, okay. I know. And it was the most nonchalant thing. He was just like, do you want to have sex? And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was like, I needed no thought, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm not going to give it away because you have to read the book, but it goes horribly wrong. Like I'm talking... Yeah epic proportions so you got to read it to see what happens you got to give us a cliffhanger like right up to the uh pants come down and it's small or (laughs) oh yeah no well um it just might have gotten placed in the wrong area so i'll leave Uh it at that okay all right well i think we can use our imagination (laughs) on that one yes okay I know when I was done, like, I just wanted to go home. Like my boyfriend was so excited when it was all done. And I was just like, I just want to go home and take a shower. Like yeah. I, he's, he wanted to do it again and get in the shower and do it. Again. I'm like, mm, fuck that. I'm out of here, buddy. Yeah. You have a That's nice shower. Amazing. I just want to go home and, oh, you know, like I need to collect my thoughts about what just happened here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeast infections. I, I can hear all the guys out there cringing. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. And that and urinary tract infections, right? Like yeah. so, and really for me, urinary tract infections were a bigger issue because I had never gotten the pee after sex memo. So I don't okay. know if like your sex ed from your family included that memo. Nope. Mine did not either. Okay. So see, another yeah. reason why I'm like, women have got to read this book because yeah. they're going to learn these things that maybe their moms never taught them. There's a lot our moms. Well, my mom was pretty good, but I don't think she gave me the, no, I, you know what? I probably eventually did get it from her at some point, but it was not before I'd had a couple. Right. <laughs> right. You- yeah. And you have a couple and you know how awful they are. And same thing with yeast infections. I have a funny yeast infection story. I Ooh. I got my first one, my first and actually only one when I, I want to say like 22 or something like that. And I had an older friend and I told her, you know, you know, how you call your friends. You're like, you, you don't oh, yeah. ask the doctor what's going on with your vagina. Of course you ask your friends. And so I had a friend that was, you know, maybe four or five years older. And so I was telling her like, I don't know what's going on. It's kind of itching and da, 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 da. And I don't think I'd had sex. So we, we'd ruled out that it was an STD. And I mean, I just, you know, recently, so it wasn't like, okay, I I had that there was cause to think it was an STD, but then I, you know, I I was like, went to the store. She helped me pick out the, whatever those one, one ovule things you put in yourself. Well, apparently those one dosers are super, super strong. And I had an allergic reaction to it. My vagina, the lips, the everything blew up like elephantitis of the vagina. And I was freaked out. I had to call the 800 number on the box. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so common because I actually had an allergic reaction with my second urinary tract infection that I write about in the book when I was in Miami because they put me on Bactrim, which is apparently a sulfa drug, and I am allergic to sulfa unknowingly. And I broke out into hives all over my entire body and then my whole body just rejected everything. And my husband and I, now husband, but at the time boyfriend, had only been living together for like a month. And I was like vomiting and going to the bathroom. And I was so sick. And he was just like, do you want me to hold your hair? And I was like, get out. I want you to leave. Move out. I don't know. (laughs) I don't ever want you to see me like this. But it was horrible. That's why why you married him. Exactly. the guy that will hold your hair. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. I was like, we broke new boundaries today. I'm like, if you still love me after seeing me like this, I was like, you're a keeper. <laughs> yeah. That is so cute. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. 
send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Okay. Vibrators. Mm. Well, like this for me for a long time was such a taboo topic because, well, first of all, I didn't even know that women were masturbating. It wasn't until I was working in the restaurant and I started hearing other women talk about it. And I was like, how did you not know women were masturbating? I just like seriously didn't know that. I don't know. Like I wasn't doing, no, no. When did you first start masturbating? Not until like 22, 23. Like, yeah. Oh my God. I discovered it at five when I was forced to take naps that I didn't want to take. And I'm like, how am I going to pass the time and fall asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Oh no. Well, and there is a story of me when I am like seven ish and I'm like, I do discover, oh, there's a sensation down there. What is this? But I didn't really know what to do other than to like squeeze my legs together or like, I didn't actually know like to use your fingers or anything. So I wasn't really doing much of anything, but I was cognizant that something wonderful could happen down there. Yes. No, how? So finally in my twenties, the women are talking about it at the restaurant that I worked at. And I was like, does everyone have a vibrator but me? Like, am I the last one to this party? And I had been feeling, I mean, gosh, now I'd been having sex since I was 14, never had an orgasm. I was like, maybe my body's broken. Maybe Wait, like I old, really. How old were you? Before I was you had 22 orgasm? now. Oh, okay. well, okay. yeah. Before I got the vibro. Yeah. So okay. I finally am like, wait a second. Like I've been having sex for like eight years practically and like nothing has been happening. What is going right. on? So I resigned to like, it's just me. My body doesn't work. Okay. So we are drunk out on Miami beach and I see the little sex shop and talk all my friends into going into it with me. And I had a little liquid courage. So of course I end up getting this cute little pink vibrator because of course pink matches the cover of my book. And I bring it home and I'm like, what do like, you know, it's like, you're excited to open it up but like on Christmas morning, like you want to rip into it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even know what to do with this. Like, do I just hold it on there? Do I move it around? Like, what do I do? And so the story is really cute. It just kind of walks you through like every little thought that I was having with me and V, my vagina, who's a character yeah. in the book. Uh-huh. And so she kind of coaches me through what to do and tells me to move it around a little bit and like yeah. how to kind of get in the mood. And I finally have like this toe curling orgasm. And I'm like, oh, I'm not broken. Were you like, wow, I've been yes. missing out on this. I'm hooked. Uh, yes, yes. And so then for like a while, I think I was like almost like addicted to it. I'm sure like how, you know, 15 year old boys are when they first discover masturbating. Like, yeah. I just was like, I can't, this is great. I want to do this all day long. I'm every day. Like, yes. How, yes. And just that release was so amazing. And I was like, this is so normal and natural. But then it shifted to, but why can't I do this with my partner? And then I got right. really like, frustrated and like, is it me? Is it him? Like, why isn't this working? And so it took many more years before we got to the point where we were like, I don't know. Yes. Thank you. That's exactly it. And then we could start creating them on a more regular basis. Yeah. I got my first vibrator. Well, I was having orgasms since five. So I knew about that. And then I got my first vibrator when I was, I want to say 25. And again, an older friend, we, we were talking about, it. I said, no, I don't have a vibrator. And she's like, what? You don't have a vibrator? Like, you know, and I, I said, no. Right. So she sent me one for my birthday and she sent me the Mr. Bunny, you know, which oh. I think like, that is, is a gold standard for, you know, I mean, you can, you can get a little bullet, but she was just yeah. like, no, go big or go home. We're going, yeah. we're going with a full enchilada here. You're going to get the pop beads on your, on your G spot. And you're also going to get, you know, the clit stimulation. So I get this rabbit and I was like, I've got it. You know, I call her, I'm like, okay, um, let me call you back. You know? So I, you know, right. run in my room and, and I do, I use it. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like the skies had parted, you know, right. the, <laughs> with the sound of music. And I, you know, I called her and I was just like, oh my God. And I was addicted to it too. And my boyfriend at the time, he got so jealous. 
He was like, he basically gave me an ultimatum. He was like, throw that in the garbage or else, you know, like I'm out of here. And I was like, I'm not throwing this thing away. Yeah. Because it was better than, you know, I mean, it was better than him. And, you know, we were 25, right? And so anyway, he got over it. But, and he was an engineer too. And eventually the wires broke on the, you know, to the- Did you help fix it? He's like, oh, I fixed that for you. No problem. I'm like, do you remember you hated this? You wanted me to throw this away. He's like, I know. That was stupid. That is hilarious. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And there, I didn't tell my boyfriend, or who's now my husband at the time, hey, look, I bought this toy. I was yeah. just like, oh my gosh, anytime he wasn't home, I was like, okay, I'm going to just like sneak a quick orgasm. And it wasn't until yeah. a few years later when we were living back in New York and my vibrator broke. And I was like, no. What do I do? And it was like the end of the world, right? It's just like. No, I know. When mine started to go in the fritz, you're like, you're panicked. You're like, oh my God, my God, I I need it right now. Yes. (laughs) And that one, I couldn't find. I'd thrown away the packaging. The label had like rubbed off. Like I had no idea like who made it, what it was. And they had changed a lot over the years, you know? So. I found this like website and I was like, oh my gosh, am I really going to order this and like send it to my house? But they kept saying like, well, if you upgrade or spend this much more, you get this other toy. So I end up buying like six things. Yeah. You're like, why not? I'm like, it's fine. It's going to come in a discreet box. Everything will be good. Yeah. Well, yeah. of course it comes while my husband's home. And he like answers the door and he's just like, oh, you got a package. And normally... I would tear open the package in front of him and just like start pulling out makeup or something. And he's like, right. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll open that later. And I just like walk away. And of course he's like, hmm, why don't you want to open that right now? Like what's in there? Yeah. I'm like, nothing. So like, right. it's girl stuff. He's like, what do you mean girl stuff? We've been together forever. Like he's like, what's in the box? So he keeps pressuring me. And so I have to open it. And then he sees all the toys. So yeah, that was a little bit of a bombshell. What did he say? I mean, was he just like, let's go, let's use some of this stuff? Or was he kind of like, oh, it took a lot of coaxing because it was the jealousy (laughs) factor. Right. And I think so many guys are jealous and they don't understand like women need clitoral stimulation. Most women, I should say. Right. Never blanket statement. But yeah. Like they're, your pump and dump is just not going to work to get me off. Like, sorry. Like I no. have to have some sort of grinding or something up against the clit. So right. through a lot of coaxing and explaining not to be threatened and this is going to enhance and look, I got a cock ring for you and like, oh, all this stuff, which yeah, he was like, know. I don't need that. Like, you know, but he yeah. came around to a few things and then got a little bit more open to experimenting. and eventually became very comfortable with being like, well, go get your vibrator, go get your vibrator. Because then he saw the impact it had on me and how I was then able to reach climax with him. And he was like, oh, well, this is a no brainer then. Like, I want you to experience this. I love seeing you get off. Like, this is hot for me. So now we're a one big happy family. (laughs) Perfect. I know. There's a lot of guys, this is not uncommon. There's a lot of guys that initially are like, you know, they don't understand that it's just, it's just enhancing what you already have together. It's not detracting from it or it's not in competition, but it is so important because most women are not having G-spot orgasms and they need their clits touched and not just like, you know, not just scratching, scrapping at it or, you know, like, (laughs) or doorbelling it. (laughs) No, no. I mean, like, there's all this weird shit you see, or like, uh, you know, if you've even watched porn, it drives me batty when, like, you'll see a guy, like, he reaches down and does two little swirls, and then, like, that's supposed to be it. And I'm like, no. Mm -mm. And so let's push this misinformation aside and let guys know that you got to stimulate the clit. And, you know, if she's having problems, go for that. If she says she can't orgasm, work on that. She might just be shy. But get a little, get one of those little cock rings that has a vibrator on the top and let her ride you. Yep. She'll know what to do. She'll find the right angle. She'll make Mm -hmm. use of it. (laughs) Yep. Oh yeah, Yeah. for sure. Okay. This next term, I love this one. I can't wait to dive into this one. Roast beef lips. Oh yeah. So how do I start? So I was, saw my first porn at a guy friend's house where it was a snow day And we couldn't Uh go to school. 
And so we were all just sort of like bumming around. And okay, one of so the guys. You grew up in Florida then, right? No, <laughs> I grew up in New York. Okay. Yeah. Okay, upstate okay. New York. But of course I escaped because as soon as I could move, I was like, it is too cold here for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, we were just hanging out on a snow day at his house. And one of the guys was like, hey, we should watch a porn. And I was like, what? You ha- First of all, you have those? I was like shocked because, you know, yeah. if my parents ever had one, I had no clue. The right. closest thing I saw to something dirty was like a toothbrush that had boobs in my dad's like underwear drawer. <laughs> like uh-huh. they did, like we didn't have dirty magazines. I mean, if they did, well, honestly, like they you thought it was a toothbrush. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I guess it was not, it didn't have batteries, but <laughs> who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, like, you know, my whole life growing up, like I wasn't exposed to any of this stuff. So they decide to pull them out and there's like a bunch of VHSs strewn all over the floor. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, what are we going to pick? So finally we were taking too long. So one of the guys just picks something, pops it in. And it's like shocking the first time you see that, Uh, at least for me it was, because I was like, who, how would someone do this? How could someone do this? Like, I could never take my clothes off and do this on camera. Like, it was just really shocking for me. And I remember seeing the woman's vagina and one of the guys was like, oh, she has roast beef lips. And then it's like, oh my gosh, do I have roast beef lips? How do I know if I have roast beef lips? And it became this like, stigma and thing that like really worried me and concerns me about my body. And so, you know, I have, of course, break out the hand mirror later and have to have a little exploration to confirm whether I do or don't. But, you know, it becomes like a bit of a running gag, like throughout the book, then in a couple of other places where we talk about like, oh, no, I hope this doesn't give me roast beef. Oh, yeah. For like, I know. Don't stretch out. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's this. Like, it's like ridiculous, you know, because you you can't actually stretch out a vagina or vulva, I really, I should say. But right. um, these are the things that people hear and are taught and, you know, a lot of times heard on the playground or whatever. And then they become yeah. like folklore and you're like, oh my gosh, is that really yeah. going to happen? Am I going to get stretched out if I have sex <laughs> too much? Well, right. And again, I just, it's an important, it, you know, it's funny, obviously. we've I'm sure we've all heard mm-hmm. roast beef or whatever, but there's a lot of pussy shaming, you know, yes. I mean, in general that goes on and it's just one more thing. It's like as women, you know, we're, we're, it's just, nor- I mean, we kind of grew up knowing, look, you're objectified sex cells, you know, right. it's usually women's body parts that should look a certain way and not, not another. And, you know, that message I think is very clear, but it, it kind of hits differently when it's like all of a sudden you get the idea in your head as a young woman, like my vagina is supposed to look a certain way too. And if it doesn't, what do you do? And the problem is guys are seeing this stuff on porn. And a lot of those women have had, what do they call them? Like a vaginoplasty? Thank you. Vaginoplasty. Yeah. Where they've, just because this is their career, this is what I probably think they get paid more. I mean, there's got to be a motivation for doing it, right? Altering your, just like getting the boob implants, altering your body in a certain way. And so that then becomes the norm. And then when you see normal vaginas, which vary greatly in appearance and labia, I mean, everything there's like, it's, they're like snowflakes, you know, we're all, we're all different and unique. And now it's like, okay, your vagina has to look a certain way. And if it doesn't, it's not sexy. And that's a bad thing, I think, you know? So if you got roast beef lips, let those freak flags fly. Just (laughs) do it. (laughs) Proud of them. You know, like seriously, there's nothing wrong with the way people's vaginas look. And I've even looked at my, my lips in the mirror and I notice one is slightly longer than the other. And it like, I can see it. They don't like, that's the only little tiny portion that like hangs sticks out yep. a little bit. And I'm always like, it's the right one. It's the one on the right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But hey, at least you're looking at your body and you're comfortable with it and you know it and you accept it. And that was really hard for me at once yeah. the baby came along because, you know, talk about labia, like my labia tore and the stitches yeah. did not take. And we tried oh. to 
Oh, yeah. And we tried to get them to okay, take. Okay, that's on my list. Torn labia. Oh, let's, yes. get, let's jump to that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because it's super related. So, you know, here I am, postpartum depression and all, trying to breastfeed this baby. And I take a break. I go to the bathroom. I look down and I'm like, why is my labia hanging down like that? That, oh my that God. not yeah. look right. Like something is yeah. wrong. And the panic, of course, that like sweeps over your body is just like, oh my gosh, I'm deformed. What's wrong? Like, what do I do? How yeah. do I fix this? But at the same time, it's like, you don't want to tell anyone because this is so embarrassing. So I like made an appointment to go see my OB and she was like, sure enough. Yep. Your stitches, they fell out or they just didn't take like for whatever reason, that skin did not come back together. So she's like, well, we could try sewing you up right here. And I'm like, huh? Like, <gasps> right, like right now? Like, oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Did so you? So I did get sewn up. It did not take. She oh. said again, she goes, I cannot guarantee that this will stick because now the skin has already healed. She's like, so uh-huh. the she's like, now we could like cut some of the skin and put it back. <gasps> to, and I was like, okay, oh. we're not. No. Nope, I will just live yeah. like this because <laughs> I am not in the industry and no one's going to see my vagina but my husband and he probably has his eyes closed anyway. So <laughs> I'm not going to worry about this. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's obviously fine with it. Oh my gosh. Be fine. But it was yeah, really and- hard for me initially to accept that and to be like, oh my gosh, I'm a cracked clam for good. Like, that's it. Like, there's no yeah. coming back from this. I know. So, which I totally can, re- you know, I can relate to that not the exact same thing, but just as your, as certain body parts change and shift, like for me, you know, my boobs are getting saggier mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, you know, and yeah. it's normal, right? I mean, yep. you know, it's normal. You get older, your boobs get a little saggier and I'm just, you know, and, I, and I'm sitting here and I'm debating on whether or not, like, do I, do I basically let somebody cut on my body to change this about right. me? And it's weird, you know, and I think guys don't have to deal with this shit, I you know, know. I mean, for the most part, right? They're not worried about like, oh, my pecs are a little lopsided or one yeah. nipple's over here. Maybe I should go one talk to the doctor. One ball hangs lower than the other. <laughs> like they could care less. No, I know. it's and Or even the difference in penis shapes and sizes and the way they look, the curve, some go left, some go right. So, you know, yep. I mean, it's like, the head smaller than the shaft. Like guys are not running to the doctor to fix their the aesthetics of their penis. Whereas yep. women were like, oh my God, my boobs don't look right. My vagina doesn't look like, well, we better cut on them, have a surgery so that it looks a certain way. And I think that that's kind of interesting and also a little bit sad. And yeah. I'm, in, I'm stuck in it too. I'm not making any uh, conclusions about or saying one or the other, but I'm kind of stuck in that quandary too. It's like, well, stuff is, I'm of the age that stuff is shifting around a little bit. Do I want to do something about this or am I just going to, you know, like guys say, oh, just grow old gracefully as they're watching porn with 21 year olds with labiaplasties. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No. And I've been in the similar conundrum myself. I had um, reconstructive surgery after the second baby because my abs were basically obliterated. And I had so many stretch marks from the baby. Like I wouldn't take my shirt off during sex. I was like, well, this is just how it's going to be. We're going to have sex like this the rest of our lives. I'll just have a shirt and like, (laughs) that's just going to be it. And when I discovered that I actually had a hernia and a diastasis recti that medically needed to be repaired, they were like, well, you know, you can get a plastic surgeon to come in. He'll do it like a nice tummy tuck also at the same time. You only have to pay a little bit of money in addition to what insurance covers. I was like, this is a no brainer. Like I have, I feel so uncomfortable in my own skin and I don't want to feel like this for the rest of my life. And yeah, it sucks and it's sad. And I wish I could have just been like, I love my body, stretch marks and all, don't care. But I knew that I would just be miserable for the rest of my life. And I'm like, why am I going to put myself through that when I can just do an easy fix? Yeah. And do you think, just out of curiosity, obviously since you're married, do you think that men really kind of understand the pressure and the, I would say, just sort of fucked up relationship we have as women with our bodies? Like how we're always a little bit in battle with them. I mean, like, 
it could just be the smallest thing and we're going to nitpick, you know, like right now I'm fixated on my body fat percentage. I've been doing some exercise to just see like, Hey, you know, how can I get, how low can I get it or whatever? And I'm getting a little aggro with myself. I'm like, you know, 18, 19% is not fucking good enough. I need, you know, like, I'm just like, and I'm like, okay, stop, stop the madness, you know, like literally like get over it. But I don't think, I just don't think guys really, really understand all the pressure that we're constantly barraged with. And we have a choice to hopefully try to rise above it and, you know, not let that stuff seep in, but it does seep in. And therefore the reason that they should be concerned about it really, and the reason that they should pay attention to this episode, if they happen to have a significant other, that's a female is because ultimately this affects us wanting to fuck you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I don't think sometimes that guys <laughs> realize. Here's what it means to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we get so conscious and then it affects our desire to want to be naked. Yep. No, 100%. And I think a lot of times they don't understand. Like my husband will always be like, I don't get why you're saying this about your body or you're self-deprecating or you're making this comment because he's like, I think you're hot. I think you're pretty. So just the way you are. Like, so stop. I'm like, yes. And you also will make a comment like, oh, I don't want to see you shaving your armpits. And I'm like, well, what? He's like, I was just joking about that. He's yeah. like, because you're my yeah. delicate flower. I'm like, yeah, but I hear that that somehow grosses you out and you don't want to see me shaving my armpits. Or, you know, he right. was very complimentary to me when I was pregnant and my boobs were gigantic. I had like these amazing D's. I don't even know how big they were. They were lovely yeah. and huge. And he was so enamored with them that I was like, should I get implants? And he's like, you're crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not really crazy because you seem to really love them. And I'm wondering if you would like me better. And he's like, you're, no, he's like, I don't want you to do anything that would potentially, you know, not help us find breast cancer because it runs in my family. So he's like super yeah. paranoid. I'm like, okay, I appreciate that. But can you then see why I might be thinking I need a boob job because of the comments that you're making? And he's trying to be supportive and love on me, but at the same time, it sometimes it backfires. So I know. And I, I do. I mean, I feel bad for guys because it's almost like it's very hard for them. Like if they admire our bodies a certain way, we're going to be like, well, he likes me better like this. Well, you know, you know, we we get the mental monkeys or that, you know, it's like, it's just like going that chatter in our head and we, we are going to hang on to that comment (laughs) and they don't even know it. It could be something they said, you know, a year ago or two years ago. And it's just like, you off the cuff, right? And you just yeah. held on to it. I, I mean, I know I've done that. Okay, let's talk about strange secretions. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that was like really nervous to talk about vaginal discharge in the book. Because again, stigma, right? And like, what are people going to think of me? Oh, she's disgusting. She has vaginal discharge. And most of my life, I felt really ashamed about it. It impacted my intimacy. Like if it was certain times of the month where it might be heavier or whatever, because you're ovulating, like I didn't want to take off my underwear. I didn't want to be intimate with a guy. Oh, you didn't think that was, oh, see, you didn't think that was like normal or even just hot or cool, like because you're, you know, you're all lubed up and excited. No, I was like, oh, this is gross. Like this should not be happening because of an incident that happened to me in the seventh grade. (laughs) So you have to read about it. It's called Hot Potato Panty. Um, just don't wear black underwear. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. So check that out in the book. But it wasn't until I was 30 some years old where I'm sitting and I'm watching the TV and Amy Schumer, the comedian has a special where she starts talking about her new year's resolution and I'm paraphrasing, but basically she says, yeah. I just want to take off my underwear and not make it look like I blew my nose in it. And I right. died. Like I was laughing yeah. so hard because I was like, oh, it's not just me. Like I was so validated in that moment. And I thought, oh my gosh, how many other women like me are sitting here right now going, oh, I thought I was the only one. I know. I Am I the only one that has to make, like inspect every pair of underwear and put some shout spray in each, yeah. each pair to get that out, to get that, right. that knot out of there? You know? Right. Like, 
Yeah, I know. It's thick and it just happens. It's and it's based on our cycle and yep. all the stuff going on and it's normal. It's natural. And I don't know. I kind of like it. Sometimes I'm like, I think it's sexy when I'm like dripping through my yoga pants. I'm like, okay, because I'm really turned on and, you know, and I like to yeah. tease a guy about it. Like, yeah, I'm so hot for you. And I'll just leverage it, even though, you know, right. my body's naturally doing this. No, it's because right. of you, buddy. <laughs> Oh, I like that. See, but I was like so embarrassed that I could never even have fathomed like leveraging it. (laughs) But that's why we're talking about it. So that hopefully these seemingly taboo topics are now becoming more mainstream and we can talk about women's health because that's exactly what it is. That is a women's health issue. Definitely. Okay. This one will be funny. I can tell. I can't wait to do this. Burning genitalia. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, just back to the whole urinary tract infection, right? Yeah. Just like that. That's really where that one comes from. Just having that sensation of like, you know, you're peeing and you're like, what uh. is it feels like it's on fire. But it was interesting because remember, I had never orgasmed at this time and I was in college and it uh-huh. almost felt like when I got to the end of that, that pee, like I yeah. was going to get off. And I was like, oh, what is that? feeling. It was like, is this pain? Is this pleasure? Like, I don't know what's happening. Right. And I love how you actually called a girlfriend because me, I lived in a sorority house full of women and I was like, what do I do? Like, it didn't even dawn on me to ask a friend because I was like, they're going to think I'm gross. They're going to think something's wrong with me. What if I have an STD? Like all those things started going through my head. I was worried about it. I was like, what if I have an STD? But I was just like, well, I got to talk I got to talk to my friends. But my mom was, was that mom that was more like, I mean, always wanted to have the sex talk, to oh, open door policy, like mm. so much in my face, which was at the time, you know, I was like, oh, mom, da, da, da. and right. now I'm so glad I grew up, you know, just again, feeling like I can talk to women, especially about this stuff. You know, it's like, no, it's normal. Right. So naturally, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm calling my girlfriends. I'm like, I got something. What's this cottage cheesy stuff coming out of my vagina? That was the yeast infection. And it was like, right. Oh, I'm going to, it looks like I'm making something down there. I don't know yeah. what. But- you got bread for days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Frat boy fiascos. Oh, yeah. Well, my husband was in a frat and that's kind of how uh-huh. we met. So, uh-huh. yep. I share the little story of kind of how we first got together, which actually, interestingly enough, doesn't really involve my vagina. Because he ended up prematurely ejaculating, which I'm sure he loves <laughs> that I'm sharing that story. Oh, yeah. yeah. But eventually, he really was such a romantic back in the day. And I always tell him, I'm like, what happened to that? Like, what happened yeah. to the rose petals on your bed in the dorm room? What happened to that hot wax that you were like dripping on me? Like, can we go back Ooh. to some of I know. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably all the alcohol, maybe. I'm not sure, but <laughs> they were fun times. So yeah, so I share a couple of the frat boy stories. And then, you know, we had a little bit of an on and off again relationship. So I dated a guy from the football team for a little bit. So I deviated from frat boys for a minute, but uh-huh. then always came back. And, you know, one of the things I talk about too in the book that I'm hoping will open up more conversations with women and also like moms and daughters is blackout drinking. And so I there was a point in college where I was Ooh. on medication for something called Raynaud's, which basically is a lack of circulation to your extremities. And they put me on a beta blocker, which is a type of oh. heart medicine. Yeah. yeah. And a, that is like a strict do not drink with that right. medication. Well, being a freshman in college, I mean, come on, what was I going to do? Not drink? Oh, gonna, I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna test that boundary. <laughs> oh, big time! And so I did end up getting very blackout drunk and kind of waking up in this boy's room, being like, "Hmm, what did we do? What happened oh, to that tampon that I was wearing last night? Oh, huh. Shit! Don't oh, my see God. that." I have, no, I have no idea. I have no idea. I wasn't there. I mean, I was there physically, but I wasn't. I So I don't know. Um, Still to this day, you do not know if you I had sex with I do, do not know. No, I don't know what we did. No idea. And never had the courage to talk to him. And I've lost, since lost touch. So you I really- ask? 
I didn't ask. And I tried to like sly in some ways to like get the information out. But it just, he never, I mean, never confirmed, never said like, oh yeah, you were great. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, so who knew? Who knows? But so still to this day, you don't know. Still to this day. Yeah. I oh don't. my goodness. Okay. You got to look that guy up. And yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know at this point. I'm like, I don't want to know. (laughs) Yes. That can be in the next book. Oh, yeah. I know for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe uh, since this one was the ins and outs of my vagina, a penetrating memoir, I'm thinking the ins and outs of my vagina, the second coming. That's what I'm thinking. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so then, all right, the last one here, the Mm. big O. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was like the bane of my existence, my whole life chasing the orgasm and feeling like everyone else around me was having them, but me being like, come on, this is like a cruel joke. Why am I missing out on all of this? What do I do to change that around? And finally, many moons later, longer than it probably should have taken, we really started to crack the code on exactly what my body needed. And there's a a big role that uh, hotel sex has played in this. And just sort of taking yourself out of your everyday routine and allowing yourself to be somewhere and be free and just really let yourself go and get out of the head. Because that's that's been my main problem. And I know that that is a problem for a lot of women. We're so in our head that we just can't even allow ourselves to feel an orgasm because we're worried about every little thing. Oh my gosh, do I look right? Go back to the body image, right? Do I look cute? Is this a good position? Is he having fun? Does he look bored? Maybe I should just let him go to town on me and do what he wants to do so he'll look like he's having fun. Like, And there's all these things that play in our head. Oh, did we pay that bill? Oh gosh, the kids have a thing next week for school. Like, I mean, there's a million things And when all that's going on, I mean, how could you orgasm, you know, like it's just blocking the signals to your brain. We women have a harder time prioritizing their pleasure. I don't know why, but again, I love to reference my mom when I was 17, the first time I had sex and, you know, we were, I remember we're, we're in Lake Tahoe, you know, we're having a walk uh, around. We were up there staying um, with some friends and she knew I had a boyfriend. So she's like, so are you guys, you know, sleeping together? Are you having sex? And I said, yeah, we have, you know? And so she's asking me all these questions. She's like, well, are you having an orgasm? And I said, well, no, I no, you know? And she's like, okay, let me give you a piece of advice. <laughs> wow. Just, that's amazing. You just find out, told me, she goes, look, you're young and you know, you'll work on this stuff, but as you move forward in life and you get older, if a man's not concerned with your pleasure, get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And she just like looked me like straight in the eye. She's like, get rid yeah. of him. And I was like, okay. And yep. from then on, I was like, hey, my pleasure matters. Mm-hmm. Make sure something's done for me. We're going to, you know, whether it's the, I'll take care of it or you're going to take care of it, whatever. But this is happening. If you're having yeah. an orgasm, I'm having one too. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And so many people aren't speaking up because we don't feel comfortable or, you know, we're worried we're going to hurt their Mm -hmm. feelings. But it's like, oh my gosh, so many years went by where I didn't get to enjoy sex or I didn't get to enjoy what I was doing because there was no concern for me. And I don't think it was because he didn't concern himself. He didn't even know he needed to. You know what I mean? It was like no one ever told him Completely. Yeah. You have to make sure she's satisfied. Yeah. And you know what I found as as I've been very adventurous over the years and and done a lot is that men are, you know, they get a bad rap, I think, for being quote unquote like, oh, selfish or whatever. No, they want, they actually really, I have really only one time where I thought, this guy's not really concerned about me getting off. I can only remember that one time. And the rest, it's like guys love when you get off. They love getting you off. It's an Mm -hmm. ego boost for them. They are actually interested in your pleasure. So you just have to find a way, you know, to incorporate that and bridge that gap and, and get that conversation going if you haven't had that yet or you're not comfortable, but most guys are like a thousand percent into how they can play a role in 
ha- right. letting you have an orgasm. <laughs> For sure. So it's, yeah, it's a good thing. So, you know, we didn't really talk very much about so far yet about your um, certified life and reinvention coach yeah. coaching. Give me just a brief description. What is that all about? Yeah, absolutely. So when I started writing the book, I was still in corporate. I was working 24-7. I mean, I was classic workaholic. And all of a sudden, I had all this passion in my life for something else. I was prioritizing things differently. I was finding time for the family and still writing this book while holding down my job. And I realized, oh my gosh, like I have the secrets for how to change your life and how to reinvent things and stop misprioritizing stuff and find that balance that so many women are craving in corporate. And I realized, you know what, I need to get certified as a life coach and just forget this whole corporate thing and let's help other women actually bring their dreams to fruition. It's probably not going to be to write a book about your vagina, but whatever that dream is or that thing that is in the back of your head that you keep pushing down. You know, I had one client who wanted to open a spa. And that was her dream. And another one who wanted to be a doula. And so like different people have different desires and I can help them through my six month coaching program called Edit Your Life, really figure out what are your values off the back of that? What are your main goals? How do we prioritize those goals? And what's the action plan to actually bring it to fruition? Meanwhile, I'm going to help you bust your psyche and all those limiting beliefs and those negative thoughts that are going on that keep telling you all the reasons why you can't do this. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, entry level in corporate or you're a senior VP, I have coached them all and they all have similar confidence and mindset issues. So, you know, I have my little bag of tools that I can help them to work through all that. Perfect. All right. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Absolutely. So I hang out a lot in my Facebook group. It's called Successful Working Women Rocking Reinvention. There's a link to it from my website, karenfreeland.com. Of course, you can get the book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, and most places that books are sold digitally. And uh, of course, I'm on Instagram too, Karen Freeland. So find me there. Yes. All right. Well, guys, if you missed any of those links, I will have those in the show notes. Please be sure to reach out to Karen. She's got a great book. And since we'll be uh, starting the new year here soon, I think maybe women that want to get some goals and have someone help them achieve those goals, you got to check out uh, what Karen has to offer. All right, everyone. We'll stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Happy New Year, and we will talk again next year. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com, and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.